You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Tim Wackel, founder and president of the Wackel Group, is our first guest today. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live and exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. The show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and our newest sponsor, Center Club of Costa Mesa. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs who are running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. I've got a question to ask you. Do you feel that your company's sales strategies just aren't working anymore? Well, that's why I've invited Tim Wackel to join the show to discuss what solutions are working and which ones aren't. The Wackel Group helps CEOs and business leaders of middle market companies boost their sales revenue through consulting and successful sales techniques. Tim, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me this afternoon. It's our pleasure. Why don't we start out very simply, Tim, ask you to tell us a little bit about your background, your professional path, kind of how you got to this point in your career. Well, uh, I got to this point quite by accident, as most salespeople do. My undergrad's actually in electrical engineering, but uh, we discovered very quickly after graduating that I wasn't very good with a soldering iron. And so I was offered a job in technical sales and actually got into sales thinking it was going to be pretty light lifting, right? Because I thought salespeople kind of showed up late and went home early and played golf on phones every Thursday afternoon. And so I jumped in thinking this was not going to be a tough assignment, and it ended up being the toughest assignment I've ever approached. Why? Because unlike our friends, the doctors and lawyers and accountants that go to school to learn their craft, and they have continuing ed credits and they're certified, professional salespeople, by and large, you just got to figure it out. And so you've got really never-changing principles applied to an ever-changing environment. Interesting. And uh, it's tough. It's tough because, obviously, if you're not very good at it, your kids get skinny. You know what I'm saying? So right. you, you got to get out there each and every day, and you got to figure out what's working, and you've got to build and grow. And if you're not doing that, you're going to get lapped by somebody else who is. So let's talk about the Wackle Group. In the open, I talked a little bit about kind of what you do for your clients, but I wonder if you could discuss and highlight aspects of the business that you have built. And also, I'm really curious why clients do business with the Wackle Group. What, what makes you different, and what's your compelling value proposition? Well, I think our compelling value proposition is we, we, uh, we're going to move the needle. A- at the end of the day, y- you give us a dollar, we're going to turn it into something more than a dollar. So we see this as being a very positive ROI. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of great organizations out there that do a lot of great sales training. I, I used to buy, as a former sales executive, I used to buy sales training. And so what I've done is I've taken you know, 30 years of experience and said, hey, listen, what, what is best of class? What's the way I like to be treated? What's the way reps like to learn? And so, really, we differentiate ourselves, if you will, by saying, hey, look, we, we focus on three key areas. The first key area is we're going we're gonna to design a program uh, around whatever your specific needs are. So, you know, some organizations, it's all about prospecting. Okay, we'll help you with that. Other organizations, it's like, gosh, we're good at prospecting, and we give the proposal, but we can't present to save Our presentations are awful, Tim. Can you help? You bet. Uh, other organizations, you know, it's about doing a better job of qualifying in the discovery process. They're not asking the right kinds of questions. And so... We don't do off-the-shelf training. We're working very closely with a client, and we're interviewing key stakeholders to say, hey, listen, what, where are the pain points? What are the things we really need to be focusing on? So there's this design element that happens. Um, the delivery element, I mean, when we do a workshop, it's a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of sales training organizations are going to send you a trainer. We don't do that. We're sending okay. you a sales professional. And so this is somebody is working with your team who um, – who has a lot of experience in, in the world of selling. doesn't mean they have all the answers, right. but they've got a lot of experience. We find that to be a, a very powerful connection. So we've got this design phase. We've got this deliver phase. And then I'm real big on, on develop, and that's the post-program. A lot of times you get down with a workshop. I did a workshop yesterday in Seattle, right? Everybody's high-fiving each other. It's right. like, oh, this is great. Right. But nothing ever changes. Exactly. And so we're pretty, um, we're pretty adamant about holding reps accountable. And so after a workshop, we let reps decide – 
how they, how they want to change, how they want to focus. Because the dilemma is, look, if you're not willing to change, then you've just wasted a day or two or three of your life. So pick two or three things you're really committed to focusing on, and then we circle back four, six, nine weeks later, and we hold reps accountable. You know, it's like, hey, listen, you, you said you wanted to lose weight. You said you were going to do it by, you know, increasing your exercise and decreasing your calorie intake. Tell me about how it's going. And when reps know that they're going to be held accountable, we, we think we have a better chance of having overall success with getting new behaviors to take place. That's interesting, Tim. I'm wondering if you could uh, kind of give us a sense for the type of companies, you know, demographics, psychographics. What type of businesses hire the Wackle Group to do the things that you just talked about? You know, I've been amazed. I originally figured that our play would be technology because of my technology background. And uh, although I do a lot of work in technology, I, I don't know that there's an industry out there we haven't done work in. And so really kind of what it's boiled down to is it's not so much what you sell uh, as it is how you sell. Interesting. And so if your organization is faced with, hey, listen, we, we don't have a very compelling message. Uh, we have a hard time uh, getting into new accounts. Uh, we don't do a very good job of following up with people. Our proposals are lacking. Our presentations are poor. We're not building the right kinds of relationships. We don't know how to ask for the order. Those are the kinds of pain points we seem to do pretty well with. So if, if an organization calls me in there, what, what I will say is like a one-hit wonder, right? We get in there, we make a five-minute sales call, and either we get the order or we don't. That's not where uh, we really add value. Where we add value is, hey, listen, we really want to approach people in a meaningful way. We want to have a conversation based around valuable ideas. Uh, we don't want to, at any point in time, uh, try to manipulate people or pressure people. We're here to help. So sales professionals, we're really here to help. Hey, I'm looking at the situation you're in, and my experience in this space leads me to believe that we might be able to help you. But in order for us to make a decision as to whether or not this is even worth considering, we just got to have a simple 10-minute fact-finding conversation. And if we can get people to bite off on that, then, then we're typically pretty good to go. Okay, so you, you gave me a good sense of kind of the fact that you you've helped a lot of different companies on many different industries generally speaking what type what size of a company uh are you doing your engagements with the reason why i ask is the listening audience of critical mass radio shows generally are executives within middle lower middle market companies you know our demographic suggests two to a hundred million is is the average size of the businesses that listen is that part of your demographic do you help companies of that size it, it certainly is. So, you know, we've got different types of programs. So, you know, I'm working with companies, 10, 12 million in revenues, and I'm also working with Fortune 100 type companies. Companies that are much smaller, hey, I only got one or two sales guys and I just don't have the budget. Well, I've gone into the studio and put together a bunch of programs that are digital download programs. So it's like, hey, listen, we really can't afford to fly Tim in and do this customized program with all this follow up and ongoing coaching. So I say, listen, here's the deal, man. Go out to the website and find a program that's going to make sense for you. for you know, I don't know, for 67 bucks, I think, is what most of these things cost. So wow, folks that are in really small organizations seem to find uh, value and benefit in doing that. So, you know, they buy the product, they download the product, and they can listen and learn on their own schedule. So we try to, we try to address uh, or we try to have an offering out there that addresses all different sides. But t fundamentally, you know, $10 million and up is really where I'm getting heavily engaged. Perfect. Well, I'm talking with Tim Wackel. He is the founder and president of the Wackel Group. And we're going to take our first commercial time out here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Tim, when we come back, one of the things that I want to cover with you is tell us about, from your perspective, what is a successful sales process given today's evolution of technology and explosion of information and sort of the type of work that you're doing to help your clients become best in breed or best of class. So, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Wackel's going to come back. We're going to talk about that and other things here on Critical Mass Radio Show after these words from our sponsors. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willey of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short, we're a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. 
Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member FDIC. talk about your family business you know that thing you put your whole life's blood sweat and tears into well what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children at succession strategies we can help you find the answers we'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Tim Wackel, founder and the president of the Wackel Group, is our guest. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 13,000 shows during the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows, of course, can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net, or they can be rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and various other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, Tim, before we get to the question that I said at the uh, before the break, I, I did want to ask you, of all the things that you've learned from being in a professional salesperson and now leading and growing the Wackel Group, have you developed kind of a guiding principle, an overarching philosophy or belief system that you're using as you continue to grow the Wackel Group? You know, that's, that's the never-ending challenge is how do you continue to maintain the growth path that you're on? And, you know, it's going to sound incredibly simple, but I think that's what served us best is, you know, we're just really trying to help. And and I believe that today if you really, if you have the right mindset and you have the right heart and you're always looking to give value first, uh, we seem to do pretty well. So what does that mean? That means uh, I spend a lot of time on the road, you know, doing programs for associations or doing doing programs where there's really no fee involved because we're really just trying to help get the message out. I, in my industry, if you've got good content, if you've got good ideas, if you know you can help organizations grow, uh, we think the key then is we just got to get the message out. And if we get the message out, people will, will find us and engage us on whatever level uh, they need help. That's excellent. I wonder if we could get that into the question that I proposed before the break. You know, can you... Take us through, from your perspective, what are what's working? You know, what's a successful sales process look like, and how do you teach these techniques to your clients? So that's a great question. What does a successful sales process look like? I'm a bit of a contrarian there because for years, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, salespeople all across America were were taught different selling processes, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that. You know, it really isn't about your selling process. The best selling process is a selling process that matches up with your buyer's buying process. 
And I think a lot of times that's where we get the tension and the friction and the resistance is we as salespeople uh, are going to take our potential client and we're going to try to plug them into this thing known as a selling process or a sales process. And the client's like, no, 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 that's not the way I want to run this thing. You know, and so I think when we work with organizations, should you have a selling process? Yes, indeed. But by and large, you want to make your selling process really mirror what the customer's buying process is. Now, some customers don't have a buying process. And then you as an expert can say, gee, help me understand, Mr. Customer, what are the steps that you guys are going to go through here? And if the customer struggles, it's like, look, as an expert in the space, would you like me to give you some suggestions? on what I see other firms in your industry, in your space doing. This is kind of how they go about the buying process. Perhaps there'd be value for that in you. Um, so I think it's really important that we mirror what our customer wants to do. Now, as a salesperson then, it's really not about process, but it's about the skills that support the process. So, uh, you know, if we use the sports analogy, and there's a million of them out there, right? I can have the best playbook uh, in all of college football, but if, I don't, if my players don't have the skills to execute the plays in the playbook, it doesn't matter. So my focus is really on, hey, guys, you got a process, great. You don't have a process, mirror the, the client's process. But at the end of the day, you got to have the skills that support what's going on in the process. Because if I get to pick one guy, a guy that's got great skills, no process, or a guy that gets great process, no skills, I'll take skills all day long because okay, so, they'll figure it out. So, so, Tim, from your experience across multiple industries, can you, can you give – our CEOs who are listening now, kind of a sense for what you see are the skills that are that are prerequisites for successful salespeople? Certainly. Great question. Uh, I think, first off, most salespeople today really don't uh, know how to prepare and don't spend time preparing. Really? And so we see a lot of salespeople out there that are shooting from the hip. And uh, I, I just, I don't agree with the mindset of, hey, let's try to make 50 connects every day. Uh, I, I'd rather see a sales rep make 12 connects that are targeted well-intentioned connect. So the first one would be preparation. Uh, second key area that I think you, your salespeople got to be really in tune to is how do you engage? Uh, and I think we've lost the art form of how to engage. Most most people today are showing up and it's all about me. <laughs> Let me tell you all about me. Let me tell you all about my products and how we can help you uh-huh. versus really asking the questions that are going to engage and engender new thinking. A, a third skill we see is I think you got to have sales reps that know how to ask great questions. Most of the questions being asked by salespeople today are very, they're, they're mind-numbing. Okay. They're the same questions everybody else in your industry is asking. And you've got to ask questions that nobody else is asking. Well, it, you've got to ask questions that demonstrate your expertise. And, Tim, one of the, I'd like to build on that point because earlier you said process needs to be fluid and flexible based on buying process. I think that's a powerful insight. Thank you for sharing that. But it made me think about some other courses and uh, training programs that have a very specific process and series of questions to kind of lead the prospect through a, a certain decision tree that will ultimately hopefully result in a sale. So it seems to me not only are they mind-numbing, but they feel hyper-controlling. Like, there's a, I'm premeditating the question because I want you to answer it a certain way because I want you to go from point A to point B. And if I don't get you to B, I'm going to ask you another question that ultimately is going to get you there. You know what I mean? It's sort of like predicting the outcome. It's, it, for me, it feels artificial. Well, I, 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 I agree. I think it's artificial. Uh, B, I was not very good at it because, you know what, it would just make my mind explode. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's not a very pretty thing to do. Yeah, you melt so, down in front of the prospect. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's very ugly. So, you know, you show me somebody who's just genuinely curious, really curious. So help me understand the who, the why, the when, the where, the how. Show me a rep that's genuinely curious and... Um, we got a great chance. I mean, I've always looked at it this way. When you use these processes and you try to manipulate people a certain way, maybe manipulation is a strong word, but that's the word I'll just choose to use. Too often we get caught up in, um, how can I say this? Let me demonstrate my brilliance through everything I'm going to say. Yes. And I think that's, I think that's where we fall short. I think true brilliance is not demonstrated through what you say. I think true brilliance is really demonstrated through what you ask. I agree. And having the ability to ask any question without fear of what the answer might be, right? Because sometimes you don't want to ask a certain question. I've seen salespeople not want to ask a question for fear that the the, the response they're going to get, they don't know how to deal with it, so they sort of just stay away from that area completely. Well, and and I've yep, and I've kind of uh, I've kind of tagged that as having a little bit of a hopium problem. <laughs> 
right? So you've got this hopium habit because every conversation you have is you're, you're always hoping that they're going to say yes, right? So you never ask the hard questions. And hard questions need to be asked, and it's yes. not like you're trying to put people on the spot, but you're just like, hey, listen. I mean, for a rep to say, listen, I've really enjoyed our conversation today, but I just got, I got a funny feeling that we're not a good fit for you guys. What are your thoughts? Try that once and watch the customer go. I mean, the customer's going to do one of two things. They're either going to go, oh, no, 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 you're a good fit. You're a great fit. So now all of a sudden you've got this customer that's arguing with you because you put the negative out there. Very powerful. If, on the other hand, you're not a good fit and you tell the customer, gee, as much as I'd love to do business with you, I just got a feeling we're not a good fit. What an easy way for the customer to go, yeah, you're right. Right. You know, we get a yes or a no, we can build a business. With maybes, our kids get skinny. Exactly. So get your yeses, get your noes, and move on. Right. Yes. I, I think this is, uh, you know, we're just, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Tim Wackel. He's the founder and president of the Wackel Group. And I'm, we're, I'm just scratching the surface, beginning to peel back the onion a bit on what Tim knows about how to help middle market companies improve their selling uh, results, and um, I wish we had more time. My engineer is telling me we're kind of up against the clock, so I, I, I can only ask you kind of the closing question, Tim, and, and I would like to have you back on the program at some future point so we could maybe go a little deeper on some of this content if you're open for that. Certainly. Okay, but um, how do people learn more about the Wackle Group? How do they find you online? How do they do some research about you, maybe get, in, you know, get engaged with you and learn more about your firm, basically? You know, visit the website, uh, T-I-M-W-A-C-K-E-L, Tim, TimWackle.com. Visit the website. Uh, I love when people just pick up the phone and give me a call. I'm old school. I answer the phone. If I don't answer the phone, you're going to get a call back from me within 24 hours unless something terribly wrong has happened. Um, I, I'm just real big on let's have an engagement, let's have a dialogue. But if you, if you go out and Google my name, you're going to see all sorts of things we've written, programs we've done. The website's got all sorts of propaganda on it. But uh, ultimately, I, I just love talking with people to say, hey, why are you calling? What's going on? And uh, seeing whether or not we got a potential match. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I want to thank you for giving of the time. I know you're a bit of a moving target this week, so, you know, working this radio show in, it, it had to take some planning. Uh, thanks for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass radio show business community. And, Tim, it was fun, and we're definitely I'll talk to Crystal, our producer, and request that later this year we get you back and maybe go a little deeper on a couple of the specific points that we touched on today. I'd love to do it. My pleasure. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our second commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When we come back, we have the editor of the California Business Journal. His name is Rick Weinberg, and we're going to be talking about his publication and his business model. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in three minutes with Rick Weinberg. comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The 
result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO peer groups. CEO peer groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything, your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. We have in the studio Rick Weinberg, who is the editor of the California Business Journal. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from our guests' experiences. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our show just may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our program. If you'd like to learn more, contact our VP of Sales, Rose Chamora, at 951-515-4661. All of our archives can be found from our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Okay, as I said, I have Rick Weinberg, who is the editor of the California Business Journal. I've asked him to join us in the studio to share how the California Business Journal got started after he realized the need for more localized business coverage. Rick, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Rick. Well, let's start by talking a little bit about you. Share with the audience your professional background. What did you do before you started sure. the Business well, Journal? Well, I've always been a reporter, a writer, and an ed- editor. My degree is in journalism. And I uh, went to school in Boston at Northeastern University, and I was immediately a a sports writer. Actually, before I even graduated from college, I already had a full-time job as a sports reporter. And then I I wound up staying in sports for about 20 years or so. And before I got tired of writing about sports, when I got tired of writing about sports, I became a a business writer. Okay. And that's how California Business Journal evolved. But uh, early in my career, I was fortunate enough to work for some great publications like the New York Times, the Associated Press. I also did on-camera TV work for ESPN and Fox. And, as I said, when I left sports and I got a job as a reporter for On Wall Street magazine, it was so wonderful because it was such a dramatic change from what I had been doing prior. How's that? Well, as a sports writer, you're interviewing athletes who are interviewed every single day by multiple media outlets. And it doesn't become a challenge anymore. It, at least it wasn't that way for me. So, for, for example, if I'm writing a story about LeBron James, <laughs> what in the world can you possibly write about him that he didn't say earlier today, yesterday, last week, last month? Right. There's really nothing. Of course, they're involved in a, in a huge the NBA Finals, but at the same time, everything's been written about him. And it just wasn't a challenge anymore. It was basically duplicating many articles that have already been written. So when I transitioned into covering Wall Street and writing about IPOs and trends and businesses and, and financial advisors, it was such revelation because I started to write articles about people who had never been interviewed before. Interesting. People who had never had an article written about them before. And then it dawned on me that there are just thousands upon thousands of business executives, small business in particular, small business owners and professionals who would love to have an article written about them that they could utilize as a sales and marketing tool. Interesting. So that's how the whole concept for California business came alive. And I wanted to kind of reverse the model at the same time. Most publications are driven by advertising and by news, especially newspapers. is all about news. It's what's happening now. Magazines, a little bit different of, of a beast in that being a monthly magazine, they focus on almost... Timeless items because they work so far in advance. Most magazines are already they work three months ahead ahead of time, okay. but they're driven by advertising. 
And while they write a lot of feature stories on businesses, small, their main focus is advertising. And as you know, as many people out there know, it costs a tremendous amount of money to advertise. And personally, I'm not a big believer in advertising for a small local business person. In my opinion, a, a, an article, a genuine, insightful, and compelling article about them and their business is much more valuable than an ad. Okay. It's, especially when you look at the cost. I've been I've conducted focus groups where I've had people talk about the magazine itself looking at the ads versus the stories. They don't look at ads. They read the stories. Okay. So that so was content then. It's a content, of course, and uh, because people are 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 inundated every day with ads, whether they're listening to the radio, whether they're driving along the freeway, right. whether they're watching TV, it's ads, 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 and so for the small business person, those ads aren't nearly as effective as what a, a genuine, professional, well-written, compelling article, okay. magazine article, can be for them. So, it feels so that's like, how it all started. Okay, so it feels like we've taken the conversation about your background and your experience, and we've started to talk about your business model and yes. a little bit about California Business Journal. Exactly. So let's, let's, ta- let's go there then. Help me to understand the business idea behind it, which I think you've started to explain to us, and then also... When people go to California Business Journal, what will they discover there? Well, it's calbizjournal.com. That's the URL. I didn't want to put CaliforniaBusinessJournal.com as the URL because it's so long okay. to type. So I, sh- so, so I shortened it. And what people will find is a beautifully designed magaz- online ma- magazine that features a wide array of articles ranging from attorneys to financial advisors to general Business people, anybody who can utilize a in-depth, compelling article about them, their history, their career, their backgrounds, and utilize it as a springboard to generate more clients, that's who I'm look, looking for. For example, when someone's looking for an attorney, and they'll, and let's say they're looking for one right here in Orange County, California. Well, how many was going to come up on a Google on a Google search? Uh, you know, thousands yeah. upon thousands. Yes. But if but if they but if they um, if they drill down and it's for a specific a divorce, let's say divorce attorneys. Okay. Um, and uh, and it, they narrow it down to two or three divorce attorneys, and one of them happens to have an article written about them by me, California Business Journal. They're going to be more apt to go with that attorney because of the way I portray them in the article as being the go-to attorney for this particular uh, area of, of, of their practice. Okay. So how do you construct these articles then? I interview them. Okay. Just like you're interviewing me now, I Uh interview people. And with my background, having worked for the New York Times, the Associated Press, I have a tremendous ability, you know, a tremendous ability to write and to interview people. Okay. And then that comes out in your pub on your online your publication. Exactly. Okay. And how long does it stay in your publication? It stays. It stays on there for good. It's up there for good. People can Google that particular article. It'll it'll come up. It'll always be alive. Okay. As long as I'm alive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's and, and that's what they're look looking for. People are much more. Have, there's greater benefits to an article written about someone than an ad because the story makes you truly stand out. Right, it's a third-party endorsement. Third-party exactly. endorsement, third right? Third-party endorsement. And so it demonstrates your value and your skill set. And I understand that in your your publication, it, it, that is an online magazine, right? Correct. So are you writing a magazine-style story then? Exactly. Kind of earlier you said the difference between a newspaper and a magazine exactly. is sort of it's the approach. A, it's an in-depth magazine article that you would see in the New York Times magazine or Los Angeles magazine, Chicago magazine, the quality uh-huh. of the look okay. and the quality of the article. That's what matters. The fact that I have written for a publication as great and big as the New York Times. Right. Yeah, you're volumes. a recognized national exactly. reporter. You're not. Okay. Exactly. Right. I get so, it. And I just wanted to provide, I wanted to help small business people get an article written about them that they could Do you think utilize. there's a lack of attention to the small Absolutely. little market? 
Totally. 100%. Why do you think that is? Because the news is driven by the biggest people in the news and the celebrity factor. Pick up any magazine. Who's on the cover? Yeah. Brad Pitt right. or uh, somebody who's in uh, on a TV show or in a movie or a musician or I, an athlete. I think the epitome of that is Oprah's magazine where she's on the cover every month. <laughs> exactly. Right? It's like, right. But don't you, you ever get tired of just seeing exactly. her? I mean, but there's nobody else up, could make the cover of her own magazine exactly. but her. Exactly. You pick up the GQ magazine. Who's on the cover? Always a celebrity yeah. because the editors there feel that right. the more, the, the bigger celebrity they have on the cover, the more readers they're going to get. Well, we've read enough right. about the LeBron Jameses of the world. Yes, he's a wonderful guy, a wonderful athlete who does a lot for the community, but enough is enough. Right. What about the small local business people right, who deserve and warrant an article? Let's put this in a business context then, but your perspective as well is that business publications who could be covering uh, small and middle market companies, you know, we, we cater here as well to small and middle com- middle market companies, two to a hundred million, that's my audience, CEOs around the country, heavily concentrated in Southern California, but not exclusively, that's my audience, and why aren't business publications who have the ink and the paper covering those businesses more than maybe the larger companies that are here in Southern California? They're covering people who advertise You think them. so? Okay. Yes, they are. And while they're great magazines, don't get me wrong, I've worked for them, I love them, I think they're great. The fact is, they focus on the people who advertise with them. So if they do a story on financial advisors, who are they going to quote within that story? Who are they going to feature within that story? Okay, so who are they going to tease out and give a little more attention to? Exactly, they're going to focus on... So it's almost an advertorial. Exactly. Okay, and and I would think with that premise that it would be harder to write content that is unbiased if, in fact... You're skewing that towards the advertiser. It's not really because my I'm a very po- positive person. The media is negative. Your editors want you to write controversial, negative things about who, whatever you're doing. Well, the story. Sells, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. they want it balanced. True, they definitely want it balanced. And, and, and as, as an editor myself, when I was working in mainstream me- media, of course, I want balance in that article. If you're going to criticize someone or bring up controversy, make sure you balance it. But that's not what I'm about. I'm about all being positive. Right. Because I want these business professionals to be able to utilize these articles to generate more business for themselves. I'm not going to delve deep into their past and, you know, (laughs) to me, that's not what it's about. Right. And and, and even if someone has made a mistake, well, so what? They deserve a second chance, and why should that be brought up that's going to hamper them moving forward in in their business? Rick, we're going to take our third and final commercial break. You're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show. Our guest here in this segment is Rick Weinberg. He's the editor of California Business Journal, Cal Biz Journal, if you're looking for it online. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about how comfortable the people are that you're profiling in your publication, because many probably haven't been interviewed before. Maybe this is their first exposure. So I imagine part of your craft has to be able to help them portray themselves properly as well and talk about kind of the strongest salient points about them and their background and their business. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Get a little free advice here from Rick Weinberg about how to properly position yourself in the media after we come back from these words from our sponsors on Critical Mass Radio Show. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. 
Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show, a live radio show engineered by Paul Roberts, in case you were wondering who's the man behind the board. Our guest for this segment is Rick Weinberg. He's editor of California Business Journal. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 13,000 shows during the last 30 days, and we here at the program, we truly appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net, just like now, for those of you that are listening to the program live, or rebroadcast anytime on Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and various other business podcasting services that we've partnered with across the country. All right, Rick, we're back here in the studio. Let's talk a little bit about how you develop the content for the story. I'm not a professionally trained journalist, as you are. I went to school for broadcasting. That's why I'm sitting behind the microphone here. But I understand a little bit about the need to have a story within the story. You know, you, you, you need to have a good lead, and you need to get people's interest. So how do you approach the interview that you do with, say, somebody who might be listening to this radio show today who's a CEO of a middle market company? Well, it varies for everybody because everybody has a different story. Every company is different. So my tagline actually is every business has a story, which is true, and every person has a story. And I find people and businesses intriguing. I think everybody can utilize an article written about them to generate more business. So basically, my, my, my approach is I study the business. I see, of course, what do they do, how they do it, how good are they at doing it. Uh, but then, and that's how I basically structure the interview, and it's, it's very casual. They don't need much, much coaching right. because um, uh, you can develop a series of questions, but based on the response that they give to a certain question, that's going to elicit a another question, a follow-up right. yeah. question from me. That's what I do with which, this radio show, which right? isn't even on the list. Right, and those can be the most compelling, exactly. compelling answers that can absolutely turn the story right around. Okay, I have e- examples after example af- after example of of you know delving deep into an interview with somebody, and it, it turns out to be the most compelling portion of the story okay. like this morning i was just working on a story um, there's a story about a, a company called power one right. that's located that. right sure. right here well they have an office here in orange county they have offices across the world uh or across the country rather and uh, they're in the energy they're they're an energy supplier and a broker and it just i happened to talk to a, a to a to, to an individual who invested in, in, in the company and why he invested in the company. And the reasons why he gave were so compelling because, of course, energy you need, you know, energy and electricity, you need it every second of every day. It's never going to go away. Right. The price always goes up. So from him, so from his perspective as an investor, that what that's what turned the story around. So here's a story I'm doing on okay. Power One, and they want a nice positive piece written about them. What better right. person could I have to interview than someone who invested almost a half a million dollars? Excuse, yeah, a half a million dollars in in the company, and then saying they had many options. They could have gone to the stock market, of course. They could have gone to real estate, bought another pr- property. But he looked at he wanted to diversify. Right. So he looked at this. Yeah. And the the business model of Power One is very intriguing. So that's just one example. But the questions that I asked him wound up being the lead. He's the lead of that article. Okay, the lead. And it, and, and it filters down. It's a real art, writing an article. It is, isn't it? Just like it is asking questions to someone right. and, painting and painting a picture. Right. There's really no difference, but you've got to have this 
great feeling. You got to be gifted, right? And you have to be interested in the subject. Very right? interested, right. Yeah. and I'm interested in every I one of tell. my clients, yeah, and every and interested. Through. I can't wait to sit down and write the article. Right, sounds like it. That's exciting. Yeah. So, what do people say after you've written the article and you give it? I assume they have a right to review it before it goes live. Exactly. And, okay. That's another thing that's different about my business model. I, you, the person I'm writing the story on, they own the rights to the story. Okay. With any other print publication out there, they don't own the rights of the story they don't get to see the article before it's before it's printed and with me it's the total opposite because i feel that's important i, I mean you know pe- people are paying for this article from a genuine uh, reporter and writer who's worked for established publications like the new york times yes they're paying for it but they're paying still for something that they can u- utilize that's going to place them or position them in a tremendous light to people who are looking for individuals in their industry. So I give them the right to look at the article prior to that because I want to make sure that it's exactly the way they want it to be, that sure. it positions them sure. and, and portrays them exactly they the way they want. probably check it a little bit for exactly. you too, right? Yeah. Exactly, of yeah. course. There's always a typo or two. Yeah, something. And, uh, but what I'm doing is no different than what other publications are doing because if they're basing their model on doing a story on someone based on the advertising, how much money they've spent with them, then I feel my model is... Right. is equally as effective, and I want to write a positive article. I don't want to dwell on anything negative. I want them to be able to utilize this article to show it to people okay. who are going to opt to do business So give them. me a sense. Uh, I'm not asking you for anything that's confidential, but a ballpark, when you say the the, the, the subject of the article, uh, it's a paid-for article? It's a paid-for article. Well, about what's it the price? It ranges range? from 1200 to, to, to $2,400. Okay. And I also incorporate video interviews, a sit-down, one-on-one, news-style magazine oh, uh, art, um, vi- video with them. Oh. So I, and I just uploaded an article on a gentleman named Brent Hammond. Uh-huh. He is a multi-million dollar real estate producer in Orange County, California, or Southern California. And I not only did an article on him, but I also did the, a news magazine uh, video article or feature story on him wow. that pe- that's that's embedded in the site, so people really get a true feel because they see of, him of who this person yeah, is. They not only powerful. have a dynamic article, but they also have a dynamic video of him as well. That's outstanding. Several different price points based on yes. how what level of exposure they want. Exactly. But let's talk about what do pe- what are the best practices that you have found that the people that you profile do with the content that you create for them to make sure that it, they maximize their investment in the article. Exactly. Well, they show it to potential clients. Okay. That's the big thing because their story hasn't been told in most cases. Who are they? What makes them great? What makes them tick? How did they develop this passion of this particular business that they're in, whether they're a dentist, whether they're a doctor or a financial advisor, an attorney, a general business person. How did they generate or um, how did the passion involve within them that they spent their life's work doing this? And people love hearing these kinds of stories. Why a person entered a specific line of business. You'll be fascinated by some of the things people say about why they entered a, a specific category of business right. to help people. I, I find yeah. that here on the radio show. Yeah, I always kind of talk to people about their background and exactly. how, like we did with you at the Open, to figure out how you got from where you started to where you are today because it's never a straight line for an entrepreneur. Exactly. There's always a story to be told in that. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering as well, um, when they have that article, I would think that time and time again I've heard from uh, middle market company CEOs were the best kept secret. You know, we don't know how to get our word out. And I believe that with social media now, the brand of the leader, the personal professional brand of the leader and the brand of the company should halo one another. Mm-hmm. The example that I use is it's a large company, obviously, it was Apple with Stephen Jobs, that they had separate brand identity, but they worked together when he came back. And it really helped both him as an entrepreneur and the company as an iconic designer to really meld together and it's part of what apple is feeling now that they've lost them so i would think your article can really help leaders of somewhat unknown companies position themselves 
more prominently in the in the space. Totally, totally, and that's because the mainstream local magazines they usually opt. Now they they want great stories. Don't get me wrong. I've worked for them, uh, and I know all the editors and reporters extremely well. They want great stories, but many times when they do a topic that they want to get as many people incorporated in the article as as as, as possible, I. Reversed it. I focus on one individual, one in- individual, so they can utilize that article to get business for themselves. But but playing off what you just said about the social media, the power of social media makes this even greater because now they take the article and they can place it on their Facebook page. They yeah, can right. place it on their Twitter. They can tweet it out. So there's so many different avenues now to get that word out about you and your business. And like I said, every business is a story. Every business has a great story. Right. And every individual has a great story. And it deserves to be told. We're talking with Rick Weinberg, and we're going to be wrapping up. Uh, he is the editor of California Business Journal, or Cal Biz Journal. So tell again, tell him again, Rick. If someone out there who's a middle market CEO is listening to this, and maybe they're not in Southern California, but maybe they'd like to reach out to you, how do they reach out directly Very to you? simple. My my email and phone number is all over the website, calbizjournal.com. And my email, you can email me anytime. It's rick at calbizjournal.com. And by the way, biz is B-I-Z. Thank you. So it's cal, C-A-L, biz, B-I-Z, journal.com. And then my phone number, I'll even give my phone number out to you since it's on the website, 949-648-3815. Hey, Rick, I want to thank you for being a friend of our program, giving up your time to come in, explaining your business model in with such energy and enthusiasm, and also hopefully some members of our business community, maybe now listening live or probably in the future through the podcastings that we put out, will reach out to you and, and see if your services could help them. I, I appreciate what you're doing to get exposure and notoriety to small and middle market companies in Southern California. Thank you very much. Love being here. Thank you very much. All right, I'm going to thank our sponsors for today's program, and they start with, of course, Brandman University for sponsoring the program. We wouldn't be here without our sponsors. I'd also like to thank Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club of Costa Mesa. Our engineer for today, as I said earlier, is Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator, Kathleen Shepard. Our media strategist is Asia Celestino, and Melissa Panani does our social media work. Rose Chamara is our VP of Sales, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, possibly the CEO peer groups that I lead here in Orange County, maybe you'd like to be an advertiser on Critical Mass radio shows, possibly you'd be interested in being a guest or nominating a future guest for the radio show, the best way to do that is go to our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com, and you can see the contact and reach out to me directly. All my contact information is on my website. All right, until the next show, I hope that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 